Hi guys and welcome back to Motor Up Sports. I'm here with Grant again. What's up, G Fogle? Kenny, it's a pleasure to be back. Thanks for having me. Are you feeling motored up today? You know what? Uh, we'll see by the end of this discussion as okay. we talk about our very new, brand new Lions, our brand new Detroit Lions. I'll tell you if I'm feeling motored up by the end of this 25-minute segment. So I, if this is just straight Lions episode today. We're going to talk about 20, 25 minutes, some Lions football. So let's just get going right now. First question of the day after that phenomenal win. Grant, I'll let you start. Is Goff the franchise quarterback? Hate to be the buzzkill, but I am not sold yet, people. This was, we've seen two back-to-back really well-strung um, performances by Goff. But really, once again, I, I, this is not the best golf has performed in his career. We're all up. We're all excited, us Lions fans, because this is the best golf he's playing in uh, powder blue. But Jared Goff had similar uh, outbursts, similar uh, outbreaks of excellence when he was under great coaching and Sean McVay in his early time. Uh, Jared Goff, what he is right now is what you're seeing the product of Ben Johnson and probably Ben Johnson only. That doesn't mean to not give credit to anything Jared Goff has done. When Jared Goff, given time in the pocket, when playing off play action, he looks great. But no, I'm not sold he's our franchise quarterback. Not yet. I think you have to make him the franchise quarterback. You know what you're getting out of him, right? Like, you know, okay. So you're telling me if you go out there and you draft the QB this year, you get Bryce Young or CJ Stroud, right? You, you're telling me you're willing to take a wild card risk at a quarterback a guy who's either going to win you four games or a guy who's going 13 games. But you know that your golf's going to get you 9, 10, 11. But, Kenny, I'm not saying it's got to be either of those. Why, why does that have to be either he's our franchise QB or we get a first or we get a quarterback in the first round? I said, well, the best thing I think we can do for Jared Goff, restructure his contract to where it's a two-year contract and he's making uh, half of what he was – signed by with the Rams and what we've been paying him for the past two years. That doesn't mean making him your franchise quarterback. That makes him right. Like you said, we know what we're getting for now. I can't sign up for what that is, for what Jared Goff brings to the table. I can't, I can't be like, you know what? That's my franchise QB. That's my Justin Herbert, even though they won last night, but they have a struggling offense at times. Yeah. I can't see past through all the negatives that the Lions, not that there's a ton coming off a huge win. The negatives outweigh Jared Goff. I personally disagree. I think right now he's playing the best football of his life. If he could somehow take this 1-6 team to the playoffs, a team with no talent. The offense, I think they're kind of loaded to, a, to an extent. But we've seen throughout Jared Goff's career that Jared Goff thrives when he has an all-line or receiving court. He has both right now. He has the best O-line, top three, if not best O-line football. I don't think you can disagree with that, Grant. He has a solid run game out of Jamal and Swift and has a top receiving core that's finally healthy and should be fully healthy by the end of the season. Jared Goff looks like a starter, starting NFL quarterback. We've seen horrible quarterbacks get to Super Bowls. We've seen horrible quarterbacks. We've seen Jared Goff get to the Super Bowl. Right. So why would you be willing to move on from a quarterback that's gotten to a Super Bowl? Because just because you get to the Super Bowl doesn't mean you win the Super Bowl. That's and he why. Could win. Okay, Joe Flacco won a Super Bowl. Nick Foles Joe Flacco is an established QB. Don't let what you saw this past weekend 
uh, don't let that distract you from that fact. Joe Flacco is a two-time winning Super Bowl quarterback. You, he hasn't thrown a pick in six weeks. That doesn't mean he's my franchise quarterback. That doesn't mean he's the franchise quarterback. Because what happened when Ben Johnson's gone in two years? Then what? Maybe we get somebody that's just as good, if not better. So you want to you want to you want to lock up a guy, a quarterback, probably the big money for a large amount of years on the off chance we get a second coming of Ben Johnson. Yes. I think he's a good enough quarterback. You saw the locker room clip. He looks like the leader. If not, him and Jamal look like the leaders of that team. You can't just take the leader off that team and say, hey, somebody else got to come in and do more. I'm leaning towards making your quarterback. You give him four more years. Is he the leader? I saw we saw that one uh, post game locker rooms um, clip on Twitter from this past game. But when have you seen Jared Goff? I, I will agree. Jer- Jamal Williams is the leader of this team. Besides from last week's win, how can you say that Jared Goff has been a leader? Because your quarterback's always the leader. It was in that first loss against the Vikings that he had said, "Oh, I should have said something to Dan Campbell." I, I, I regret not saying something. I'm sorry. He hasn't been a leader through in and throughout. He's been a leader when we've won games. Where's the leadership where we've lost? I can't say, honestly, after tough losses that I've been like, you know what? Jared Goff is not. Jared Goff couldn't have turned this game around. But there, there are too many instances where it's, hey, if we had a guy, if we had a dude slinging it, Game controller, not even game manager, game controller. I, I I have higher hopes than Jared Goff. He's been great. I'm sorry. I don't mean to take away from what's going on and from the excitement that I think this team has. But Jared Goff is not the face. He's not. I won't believe it. So you're telling me you don't think this guy would be able to win us at least to get us to the Super Bowl? You don't think he's good enough to get us there? Potentially, like, you don't think he's good enough to win us one if he has a competent defense and a solid offense around him like he has now. You're telling me if he win has us a Super Bowl. So finish it, phrase the question. Is it win a Super Bowl or show up to a Super Bowl? Win. No, I don't think he's the guy. I think he I think that if you extend him, basically you're saying he's gonna win you a Super Bowl, right, Grant? Like if you're gonna extend him, that's the guy you're committing to. That's the expectation. In my right. mind, you're right. That's fair. If we do extend him, that's the expectation. I can't get mad. We don't meet the expectation and then walk away from that. But I also, though, that better be the expectation. Then. That's right. got to be the expectation. If you're going to ex- extend him to be your guy, to be the franchise guy, you got to be aiming at a Super Bowl. So Wait. you're telling me you'd rather roll the dice on a rookie or another player who hasn't even, who, who hasn't even been to a Super Bowl? And he's been there. And you're telling me when Jared Goff says best football, he is an MVP caliber player. He's looked like an MVP caliber quarterback the last six weeks. I don't think you can disagree with that. Can you? He's looked like an MVP caliber quarterback the last six weeks. I, I, I just want to bite my tongue on that because, honestly, I don't know. An MVP caliber we're He's looked, like a top six a, quarterback. he's looked like a top six quarterback. In a week five. showing of offense all, all year. In a, in a notoriously bad quarterback year, notoriously bad offensive scoring year, yeah, Jared Goff has kind of looked like a top seven or eight quarterback. Right. So you're telling me you want to get more than that. Do you know how hard it is to get more than a top seven, eight quarterback? 
Uh, really, though, is it that large of an ask? Because there's only that many more spots behind. Right. So it's hard. So at spot, spot nine or ten, that's kind of a that's a tweener spot. When you're at seven, eight, nine, that's Who's not more of a quarterback win Super Bowls. Get there. Give me so you, okay. I'm gonna name you some quarterbacks right now. I'm gonna okay. name you some quarterbacks. Okay. You're gonna tell me Nick Foles. You think Jared Goff? You're gonna, you're gonna tell Foles. me you think Jared Goff's better or worse. Okay, that's fine. We'll make it a game. That I can do. All right, bet. Joe Flacco. Joe Flacco is better than Jared Goff. Today, really? today, or, well, I mean, is today Jared Goff better than Joe Flacco? Yes. Okay. But in this season, prime, Jared Goff. This season, Jared Goff better than Joe Flacco Super Bowl winning year. No. Probably Jimmy not. Garoppolo. Maybe, maybe Jimmy stats, Garoppolo. Stats might say otherwise. So that's why I, I, I don't. I'm not confident in that. But I'm gonna go with no. Okay, off the top of your head, Jimmy Garoppolo Super Bowl year, Jared Goff. That one, that one, I can see where you'd be like, yeah, Jared. I take Jared Goff over Jimmy Garoppolo. But is that the argument we're having? No, let me finish. Okay. Nick Foles, Jared Goff, Jared Goff. Yes, but you have to wonder what would it be like to have that Nick Foles season every year? Would you take Nick Foles? Right, but but but, the, but let me finish. So at okay. the end of the day, those three quarterbacks that you just that I just listed for you, and Jared Goff's already been in the Super Bowl. You said at two out of those three, you would take over Jared Goff. Yes, you're telling right. So you're telling me at the end of the day, you would rather try to get even more. Those guys are bad quarterbacks, and they're not bad. They're average quarterbacks. They've been the Super Bowls. And it, you. They're telling me that Jared Goff's already been the one. He can't get to another one and get it done with a top O-line, with a top receiving core, and if, and if they can build up a defense, you're telling they me – Can I tell you what I'm worried about, Kenny? I'm worried it's this year bust. That's what I'm worried about. That this magic with Goff that he's got going on, with Ben Johnson, the offensive line, having the best running game we've had in probably two decades – Um. My skeptic is my skepticism remains out of fear. Jared Goff, I do not think, is the face of your franchise. So therefore, don't make him the franchise of the face. So okay, so while we're talking about faces, is Aiden Hutchinson now the face of the city or is this still Kate Cunningham City for now? Mm, okay. I would say you could I would say of relative to other lions. There probably has got to be more 97 jerseys at Fourfield each weekend than more than any other jersey of current active roster players. Mm-hmm. That's got to be no, them, that and Swift. But I don't know. We're, in, in the past hour, Kate Cunningham, recent news, Kate Cunningham going out for the year. And not to make this Pistons talk, but I think that kind of puts Kate on the back burner. If Aiden Hutchinson is able to keep on the gas, put his foot on the gas, he looked – uh, like a full-blown presence, him and Kaminsky, the defensive end, seeing both of those guys really get in um, get in the face of um, Kirk, Cousins. Kirk Cousins. I'm sorry. Yeah, get in the face of Kirk Cousins. Aiden Hutchinson could now be the face. He might have a, a, he might have a momentary chance to give himself uh, a chance to be the face. I think that right now, like you said – I've, I've always said the first Detroit team to start winning will be the team that everybody rallies behind. 
And it's starting to look like the Lions are going to be that team. Everyone was saying, oh, it's going to be the Pistons, the Pistons, the Pistons, or the Red Wings. It's the Red Wings and the Lions. The city's going to go right around those two. The Pistons, they can be as good as they're going to be. I think it's the Lions city. And I think that you're trending towards an Aiden Hutchinson city. Now, that's just recent relevancy. Now, in five, six years, who's really running the city, do you think? Do you think Jamal's more electric than Aiden Hutchinson in a couple of years down the road? Will there be another player that comes in down the road more electric than Kate Cunningham and, and Aiden Hutchinson? That's to be seen. I but think right- it's safe to say at this point that Aiden Hutchinson is not a full-blown bust. I think everyone could say, everyone could say that. It's, he's not a bust. That's out the window. He could have a terrible next year's season, but that still wouldn't make him a bust, per se, because he has had a strong showing. But because Aiden Hutchinson being the local town hero, I can see him being around here. I can see the, t- the city is rallying rather hard around Cade Cunningham, around Aiden Hutchinson, around Jameson Williams. But some of our, a part, uh, something about me thinks – Aiden Hutchinson is the most locked in with this city. So, therefore, if we want to make him the face, he has my vote. He does have my vote. So, you think – so, okay. Realistically speaking, what do you think Aiden Hutchinson's ceiling is? I can see him as good as J.J. Watt in his prime. Well, I don't – okay, you want to put him at a player comparison? I want to put him at, him at, at the ceiling. Okay, so J.J. Watt, uh, what? Eight-time Pro Bowler, right? Is that what talking? I'm talking about Aiden Hutchinson. Yeah, probably. Okay. Over five-time Pro Bowler, probably all pro. Okay, so when we look back to the 2012s, 2013s, right? We're looking at the Dominican Sue. He was the face of the city at that time. So was he though? Who was really at that point? Miggy, Verlander. So we're looking at the defenses and. Some of the best defense. So, J.J. Watt was probably the face of the city down in Houston. Him and James Harden. It's going to be the same way in Detroit. You're going to have Aiden Hutchinson, and you're going to have Kate Cunningham, and those two guys are going to run the city. It's going to be the same way. You're going to have Hutchinson running the football side, and you're going to have Cade running that basketball side, and both of them are going to be side-by-side running the city. But I think it's too early to make a statement of saying that Aiden Hutchinson is – the face of the city, because if Cade was playing this year, we would be saying, oh, Cade's the face of the city, right? This is just recent relevancy, I think, is where you're getting at. It's like, oh, recently, Aiden Hutchinson has been a much better player than Cade Cunningham because Cade Cunningham hasn't played in two months. Recency bias is no doubt a factor, no doubt. Of course, I'm more more reluctant to name Cade Cunningham the face if he's not going to be playing, if the body won't be there. I'm still going to call it next year. I think you need to go through next NBA season to see if Kate Cunningham is really your face or it's Aiden Hutchinson, the hometown kid. Feel good story. Kid looks like a fucking baller right now. But Not- really, you got to consider, we're the only ones who are considering that. The fans, right? Right. So about making him the face, but more or less, I think that does, it does kind of, it does matter who we do choose to rally around and support. And I think you're right. Seeing four field sold out, bonkers, loud. You got to give it to the fans also. You got to contribute to some of uh, last Sunday's win against the Vikings to the 12th oh, minute. We were incredible. 
Everything about that game was incredible. I mean, that was some of the best football the Lions have played in my life. And you got to you gotta respect these Lions fans. When yeah. the team sucks, why are we going to go to this freaking game? And they're winning still... games. If we're winning games, we're going to show out. We're going to show out big. And they showed out big. Look, at the end of the day, I would love – we're not hosting a playoff game this year, which sucks to me. No doubt. But, like, I would just love for the next two or three years to host a playoff game at Ford Field. That will be an environment like we've never seen before. And if they win, oh, my God. Electric. If they were to win it. At Electric. But I think at the end of the day, like, we're looking at this, and I think we're seeing the growth. We're seeing that maybe Campbell wasn't full of shit a couple months ago saying they were close. You know what I mean? At the end of the day, we're looking at – we're look. I'm looking at this team. Like, this is a pretty damn good team. They've got no talent on that defensive side of the ball outside of Hutch. And honestly, they're developing some of these guys in the talent. Like this Kirby Joseph kid. Who the fuck was he? Like, you know, nobody was really talking about him. James Houston comes out of nowhere, starts balling. Jerry Jacobs. Shout out to Jerry Jacobs first off, because Jerry Jacobs played a hell of a game Sunday. Yep. That was Jerry Jacobs' best game in a Lions uniform. Easily. Hands down, Jerry Jacobs' best game. And that, that pass breakup downfield on Jefferson, that 60-yard bomb, pretty much saved the game. Because that changes the momentum of the game. And let's talk about Dan Campbell for a second. Let's talk about that. That was the best coach game of Dan Campbell's career. That was phenomenal. That was textbook coaching. He put them in every position to win. You heard me early on in the season bitch about how he wasn't putting them in positions to win over and over and over and over. In this game, he put them in a position to win the entire way. He took the points, that fake punt. You can say stupid all you want, time. but they executed. But they executed. Yeah. So textbook, at the end of the- textbook time or clock management. Textbook. And you're right. The fourth, the the fake punt on the fourth may seem like head scratchers to fans outside of Detroit, but listen, like you said, perfectly executed, and honestly, textbook execution from a random ass play that the Lions just love to do every once in a while, and it's nice to be on the receiving end of that. They're finally paying off. They're finally right. paying off. They're hitting. We're scoring points, and we only let up twenty four points to eight. Highly motored offense in the Minnesota Vikings. The number one running or the number one receiver in all of football, top five running back in all of football. Uh, <coughs> not just Dan Campbell, but the entire coaching staff ought to give a, their uh, ode a round of applause because Aaron Glenn, the way he's been able to turn that defense around, even though letting up 24 points, this is a great offense. Kirk Cousins is dominant at 1 p.m. And Dan Campbell made all the right moves, and so did Aaron Glenn and Ben Johnson, of course. Let's talk about Aaron Glenn for a second, because, I mean, like seven weeks ago, this guy's coaching for his life. And now he's turned this defense around, did a complete 360 with it. And if the Lions somehow get to the playoffs, and I'll get to that question after this point for you, will they get there? But we'll get to that. If Aaron Glenn gets into the playoffs, he's gone from coaching for his life to potentially getting head coaching looks next year somewhere. Because you can look at that defense and say, wow, look at that turnaround. Look at what he did with that. And people have been always saying, like, he's been a rising star. He's going to be a coach someday. So there's a chance that you're going to look at him and he's going to get – he might be gone next year as well. You might lose your whole coaching staff. And, well, that's where maybe this is the foolish fan of me who likes to think, okay, no. 
if this team wins at least nine games this year, how can Ben Johnson or Aaron Glenn really leave in good conscience? Or maybe they will because they're going to go get paid and they're going to go be a head coach because that's what the, the whole goal is. That's why you, you, you go into that league. You start low to work your way up. But I think this team has got too much. There's too many coals. There's too many coals that are hot on the fireplace to just leave that leave the stove running. I think I think we got another chance with both of these guys, Aaron Glenn and Ben Johnson, that being. But I don't know how many more chances you get, Kenny, because you are 100% right. I hope you're right that we get one more year of it, but this is my question for you. Do we get to the playoffs? I'll start with this one. I think that they finish three and one. And it's just going to come down to the tiebreaker. And three and one doesn't get you in the playoffs. It doesn't. Three and one probably get, gets you right on the cusp, which makes it a toss up. And I, if I were to, if I were the crystal ball today, I'd say they probably missed by a game. They missed by that half game mark. And it all comes back to you have to win your games early in the season. Got to win that game against Minnesota early. You got to win that one against Seattle. You got to win that one against Dallas. Got to win that one against New England. You can say what you want about Philly. that They were out of that game. They deserved to lose that one. But at the end of the day, you have to win those games early in the season. And I, I think they win this week in convincing fashion. They, they finish off four and all they get in. And I'm drinking all the Kool-Aid. But looking at Dan Campbell's resume, and looking at how Dan Campbell has coached on the road with the Lions, he's got three road games left. He's won one road game as a head coach here. Phenomenal coach when he's at home. Can't coach on the road. Now, on the flip side, you could sit there and say, well, Dan Campbell's never had a team hot. So, at the same time, you can make that point. Now he's got a hot team going on the road for three out of his next four games. They finish 3-1. They lose the one in Green Bay and blow the season. That's my thought. My prediction is win against the Jets. Went against the Panthers in heartbreaking loss at Lambeau in Lions fashion. That's right. what I, not, not that I'm hoping for that. But that's my prediction. I think you're right. I don't think we sweep all four. I think we take three. And, uh, and then we honestly, beat the Bears as well. Beat the Bears. But honestly, as a fan, how, how can you sit back and be like, that's a bad season? Like, yeah, I'll be upset. You know, they didn't make the playoffs. But wouldn't that make you like go in the next year with nine wins and sit there and be like, wow, this team can do a lot next year? If you're front office, if you're Sheila Hamp Ford, why wouldn't you put your money where your mouth is and start spending on free agents and expediting this rebuild? Why wouldn't you? It'll be worth it as a fan just because of the fact of I haven't watched the Lions win a meaningful game in December. And they did it. Since maybe Matthew Stafford and that team that uh, lost in the first round in the wild card. So and this uh, for just the lowest the Sheer fact alone that I am being entertained and then I being uh, brought in by the chase of this team for the, the heartbreak and the disaster and the happy endings, everything that's incorporated. I guess I'd be content with the yeah, nine wins and not a playoff appearance just because I was entertained. I think at the end of the day, if you sit there, I said nine wins before the season, people looked at me like I'm crazy. That's in, t- in reach now. But like most people said, seven wins. If they reach that goal and, and get it by two wins, if they can win that by two more, how can you sit back as a fan and be mad about the season, considering where we were at last year? Remember in the beginning of the year last year, we were talking about if they were even going to win a game last year. I, I was sitting here, I didn't think they were going to win a single game off that schedule last year. Oh, they, they run the tape. Back. Run the tape. I was one who said six wins and I'd be happy, and here I am now. And I'm 
kind of seeming like a hypocrite, but no, you're right. That's a nice reminder. Nine wins, even. No, I was going to say, you, you need to get eight wins. I'm sorry. You need eight. Yeah, I agree. But at the end need of the- eight, love nine, would die for ten. At the end of the day, if you can get to even eight, like we got to tell it back to where we were at a couple months ago before the season. Many of us thought this team would finish last in the division. There are a lot of analysts saying five wins, and this team's eclipsed five already. You're I looking don't at think it's for them to finish last in the division, though. No. It's not that. But at the end of the day, you got to look back and we got to just remember where we were at two, like last year in the beginning of the year. We were talking about – we never had a receiving core last year. It was Khalif Raymond, Josh Reynolds, Amara St. Brown. Now you got Amara looking like a receiver one uh, that would play receiver one on pretty much any team in the league. You got J-Mo coming back, and he, he was – that first touchdown, he looked like electric. He looked like what he was advertised. Mm-hmm. And then yep. you got Chark in there right now, and you got Josh Reynolds playing good football. You have four and- receivers. And, that, and that's just the first thing I'm going to just hit on is – you look at how they started the year last year and where they're at now, and you're now talking about a receiving core that was dead last in the league last year. To we're talking about this receiving core as a top six receiving core. That goes credit to the staff. That goes credit to the to the front office. That goes credit to everybody. But it's just the little improvements I've seen all over the place. I've seen improvements in golf, in the run game, in the O line, and the O line's been great. We know it's great, but it's getting better. The defense is now firing all cylinders. Our improvement since when Brad Holmes and Campbell took over day one to where they're at right now is night and day. It's night and day. And I don't think any fan can disagree with that. I think you're right. I think Dan Campbell is looking at a very serious chance to win coach of the year. And Mm -hmm. they got to close out strong. And going back to what you're talking about, the receiving core, how it's really gone night and day, where it's it looked like a barren wasteland when looking at the receiver room, and now it's like, wow. Khalif Raymond, Amon Ross St. Brown, DJ Chark, Jameson Williams, even got Tom Kennedy who pulls his own weight. And that leaves me in a tough position with DJ Chark. And it's really important these next few games to see how his impact is felt. It was felt this last Sunday, great deep receptions, what he also was advertised to be, a deep ball threat receiver, a guy who can fly outside in the flats. I, I got to see what he does over these next couple games to see if I, I want him back next year. I think you got him. I agree with you, but I, I'm leaning towards the side of you got to bring him back. He, he's been good. He's kind of been a piece that you were missing on their offense. But at the same time, is he upgradable? Yeah, maybe. You can upgrade him, as, but at the end of the day, I, I don't mind them. I, I'd be okay and content with extending him. But I want to wrap up this episode. Thanks for coming on, Grant. Kenny, I can officially now say I'm feeling motored up. Good, good, good. I'm glad you feel motored up. I'll see you guys again on Wednesday. Um, Are there any games in the next couple days? Pistons? Yeah, Pistons play. Yeah, so we'll talk about the Pistons on Wednesday, more Lions talk, and probably get into some Michigan talk in the next couple weeks. So see you guys then.